Here we are for our first episode of 2021. Again, if you remember from last year for our first episode of 2020, we had Laura Bouchard from ProVision Business Advisors talking about how to set your goals and things you should be doing to prepare for the new year. Well, there's a few wrenches thrown into the system in 2020. So here's a great time to reset with Laura Bouchard. Hello, Laura. Hi, Ryan. Great to see you again. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. So how has your 2020 been? Well, I think my 2020 has been similar to a lot of different consultants and business owners. I mean, we've had projects put on the back burner, but we've had other projects come to the fore burner. And so I think it's being open to and watching for opportunities, even in 2020, the opportunities came by. And so overall, 2020 actually ended up being one of my best years. So I'm going to look back on 2020 favorably. Nice, nice. For some people, it has been no change. For some people, obviously, especially service industry, there's been a lot of adjusting and some tough times for people. But there's a Japanese character for crisis, I believe, is comprised of danger and opportunity. So I think if you're always looking for the opportunity in things, even just a good time to reset and look at your business and how to come out out of this stronger. Yeah. And I think our business, just like every other business, the first two weeks, the last two weeks of March, the first few weeks of the pandemic, you know, everyone's first reaction was, oh my goodness. And to start almost having a scarcity mindset and starting to close the shutters and bring everything in and keep things, you people wanted their kids to come home. Like everybody wanted and everything close by, right? And you know, that's a natural human reaction. It's just sort of how long you stay in that mode can impact your ability to be resilient and then start seeing the opportunity. So, you know, if you were in that little cocoon for a day and you got out of it and said, you know, I'm going to put on my big girl panties and go forward. <laughs> yeah. You responded a lot more proactively than people who stayed in that state for weeks or months on time. And now it's so much harder for them to pull themselves back up to see the opportunity because they've been wallowing in negativity for too many days. Yeah, and it's, it's really not hard to get into that state. I feel like, you know, with social media and with media in general, I mean, they tend to gravitate towards the negative. So it's not hard to let those negative feelings and negative thoughts creep in. You know, when you're wanting to do something or or even expand your business or look at opportunities, some of these things could seem like they're so far out of reach that you don't even know where to start. Like recently over the Christmas and the holiday season, right? So, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, worst Christmas ever. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, people who thought that was worst Christmas ever didn't look for the opportunity and didn't look for, there were some family traditions that we weren't able to experience this year, but we looked at ways to overcome those obstacles and say, let's just create new traditions that we can incorporate into what's going forward. And if you think you're going to have a bad day, chances are you are. <laughs> yeah. You kind of, you manifest destiny kind of thing, right? Yeah. yeah. If you're wanting it to happen, if that's what you're looking for, that's what's going to be in the cards for you. So advice for the new year and some things that some people can do to uh, take advantage of this or, or not even take advantage of this. Where I see taking advantage of this is maybe like with a bit of a slowdown and how everything is, our pace is slowed seemingly for some of us, <laughs> that it's now a good time to kind of maybe reverse engineer your processes and 
look at taking baby steps rather than taking like the end result. Like, let's take a look at like what your first step would be. Yeah, absolutely. And once we start looking at what our goals are for the current fiscal year, then we can absolutely reverse engineer how we get there. And the beginning of the year is often a year, time of time when people are very reflective of what did they do right, wrong, and indifferent last year, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda kind of conversations are happening at this time. But this is also a time for you to, you know, look forward. And maybe people are not sort of thinking about wanting to put the stake too far out in terms of saying, well, for 2021, but let's plan for the first quarter, you know, let's plan till the end of March, because that's not quite as far away. And we have a kind of good idea of what the environment is going to be between now and the end of March, you know, thinking about what it's going to be in October, very different, especially if the vaccines roll out the way they anticipate and, you know, how the economy recovers. And so, you know, it's a little bit harder to predict back into the last quarter of 2021, but the first quarter is not quite so tough. So think about what those metrics are for the first quarter. Many of us, as you say, are, you know, slowed down. And prior to the pandemic, a lot of people were too busy to do the things that they knew that they needed to do to move their business forward. And Ryan, you were one of them. You're always yeah. too busy. You're yeah. too busy to do the things that you know you needed to do. Yeah. But the pandemic also gave you pause to reflect on your health. It gave me pause to reflect on my health. And so, yeah, I, you know, I've put some more energy into these months, these past nine, 10 months on my health and making sure that I've got this machine as healthy as I possibly can to impact and to respond to any illness that may come my way, whether it's COVID or non-COVID. That's something that was within my power. So I did not go down to the COVID 10 pounds where you filled your mouth with chips and pop and all kinds of comfort foods. I know I really went more into, into making sure that I was eating healthy and that I was taking care of my body and I was getting some exercise. And I know that was something that you changed as well over these nine months. Absolutely. I think you talked about even like your positive attitude being being one thing, right? If you wake up at the beginning of the day and say, oh, you know, it's it's going to be a, a crappy day because, you know, there's COVID and there's all these restrictions that I have to wear a mask and I have to do this. It's like, or you can get up and you can count your blessings. And I know it's a little bit of a pull yourself up by your bootstraps and it might seem cliche, but it's it's really true to get up and look at what you can do. Like what what is in your control? Yeah. What is in your, yeah, there's a lot that you can do. And I don't know if your listeners are are familiar with Stephen Covey, but he's a really famous guru when it comes to productivity and time management and becoming effective. And his time matrix in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People talks about the four quadrants that we spend our time. And those four quadrants are broken up by whether something is urgent or whether something is important. And prior to COVID-19, a lot of business owners were spending, and people in general, were spending their time in what we would call quadrant one and quadrant four. And so quadrant one, people have to spend time in there because it's crisis management. So it's chaotic. It's something that's important and it's urgent and it needs your attention right now. And quadrant four are things that are unimportant and they're not really urgent. They're things like distractions or things like going into, you know, spending time in Facebook and social media, watching the news channel for how many hours of the day, time wasters, busy work. Sometimes they're calls and emails, but lots of times the things that we're doing in quadrant four and quadrant three are things that we enjoy doing, but they're not things that 
are moving us towards achieving our goals. Those activities are found in quadrant two. It's a not urgent category, but they're important things. And so whether we're thinking about it from a personal perspective or a business or a job perspective, that's where you spend time doing things like building relationships. So those relationships may be with your family members, could be with extended family. I know so many people that are saying they're spending so much more time with their grandparents on Zoom calls or on Facebook Live than they'd ever spent before. So relationships are important. Those could be supplier relationships, strategic relationships, business relationships, employee relationships. Think about all of the different relationships that you have in your life. And so those non-urgent, but they're important, is our activities that you could be investing your time and energy in now that are important. So relationships, finding new opportunities, developing new relationships, looking for new opportunities to Either, you know, pivot your business, which is something we've been hearing a lot of recently, whether it's a new opportunity for a business model, it may be a new geographic area, it may be a new relationship with a new supplier, all kinds of ways of looking for new opportunity. Also, long-term planning. You know, how many business owners say, oh, I'm too busy to do a forecast. I'm too busy to plan. I'm too busy to do any of that. This is the time where you can do some long-term planning. And I'm thinking not only you know, one or three years away, but actually thinking about what's your exit plan? Like, what is your end game here? Are you managing your finances in a way? And are you strategically managing the growth of your estate so that when you want to step away, whether that's voluntarily or involuntarily, you're at the spot where you want to be. You've either got the funds invested in some savings of some sort or investments of some sort that you can now continue your lifestyle You've built your business to a point where you can actually find a buyer if you want to go to sell it. So thinking about the long-term strategy and then looking at things that you can now start preventing. So like we were talking about your health, like there are some preventative things now that you can do in your business as well. Like you can put processes in place. You can make the processes you have more efficient or more effective so that you are making those improvements at a time where you may be a little slower and It's a great time to invest in personal growth, personal development, and recreation as well. So all of those areas in what Stephen Covey calls quadrant two activities are things that are really important, but they're not urgent. And so we often don't invest the kind of time and energy into those activities that we should be doing. I totally agree. I like what you said about the end game there and having an idea of what that is, because there's a lot of business owners that I know that don't really have an end game. You know, here we created our business and now this is our business. This is what we do, whether it's making what's-its or, or selling a product or, or whatever it may be, but there's no either succession plan or exit strategy. You talk a lot to business owners and you hear the blood, sweat and tears and the trade-offs and the, some call it sacrifice that goes into building and growing a thriving and a successful business. At the end of the day, you know, it hurts my heart when I hear people just close the doors and they walk away after putting that kind of energy and their blood, sweat and tears into building a business and not getting a return on that investment when they try to exit. And so whether it's finding a buyer or bringing employees in to manage it or having a family member take it over or you sell it to a charity or you, but there's lots of different exit options. But if you don't start thinking about that end game early enough, you run out of time. 
to execute on them. And then yeah. you have a business that nobody will give you an offer on because you haven't built it to sell it. Yeah, just having that end game in mind is, is super important. But sometimes it can seem that if you do have that end game in mind or you do have that like lofty goal, it can be daunting. Oh, absolutely. People talk about when we're setting goals at this time of the year, do we set a blue sky goal? Do we set a goal that we know we can achieve? What kind of goal do we set? And my background in learning is about setting goals that are motivating enough for people to give them a little bit of something to stretch for, but not so lofty that they're actually demotivating if they're too far out there. To go from a startup going from zero revenue to $300,000 in revenue or 500000 or a million in revenue in a short timeline is not unheard of. If you want to take that path, your strategies are very different than if you're going to do all that growth organically. And so you have to sort of think about, do I have the resources to achieve that lofty goal in the time period that I've specified? We can always change the time. We can change the resources or we can change the quality. Those are the kind of three levers that we can pull on anything. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I find it's sort of like the people that I know that have always had a business idea in mind that have never pursued it because again, it just seems like such a big undertaking to do that they'll say to me, well, I just don't even know where to start. Right. People have heard me talking about this for months <laughs> because I love this. It's a, it's a little meme or just a, this little picture of these uh, two people with ladders. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. It's just, it is my favorite thing. I can't stop talking about it. It's ridiculous. But it's uh, the one ladder on the, on the one side has uh, a ton of rungs. It seems like there's so many steps that this person has to take, but they're all the way at the top. The ladder right beside them are these like rungs that are like, very spaced out and the first one is so spaced out that he can't even reach the first one or she (laughs) can't even reach the first one so i think when you do this and you talk about your goals and you do the reverse engineering the more into the minutiae that you can get and the more into like the daily even like time blocking into like the hour i mean and this is not Ryan. <laughs> we all know this. So call me out. But yeah, but the more that you can do that and the more that you can time block and plan out your day or have a daily checklist, you know, and, and you know, it's all leading to that one thing. When we are putting things in our calendars, and this is a, a rule of thumb that I use, like if I have bumped something twice in my calendar, the task is too big. And so I need to make it smaller so that I can accomplish it. And sometimes that's where we have a challenge. Parents know this too well when you, you know, you look at your teenager's bedroom and you want to tell them to clean the room. The task is just insurmountable because you can't even see the floor for many, many cases. And so instead of sort of saying, go clean your room, it's sort of, let's just do a 10 minute tidy. And so 10 minutes is small enough piece of that big clean your room project that people feel they, they can be successful at it. They can do the 10 minutes, set the buzzer, the 10 minutes, and they can check that off and feel good that they've achieved that 10-minute tidy. That's step one in the clean the room project. So if your clean the room project is too big, your start up my business, my, you know, grow into another economic market, sell my business, is if it's too big to do in the period of time, you have to start breaking that down. And you know, our brains are marvelous organs and they crave rewards. 
which is why it's so easy for us to get addicted to social media and other fun activities that are not important enough to move our businesses forward or our personal goals forward. You know, our brain gives us these chemical hits, the dopamine that gets released by our neurons that say, oh, that felt good. Do that again. And every time our brain gets that hit of, oh, that felt good, it encourages us to repeat that behavior because we're going to get another dopamine hit to say, oh, that feels good. One of the acronyms I used to talk about your brain, you know, that was crack for your brain. The, the yes. social media was basically crack for your brain. If we take those important tasks that we need to do and we put them at the beginning of our day and they're in small enough manageable spots, we're going to get that same dopamine hit by checking off those important tasks that are not urgent as we would from spending the time on Facebook. The brain is marvelous, but it's kind of dumb and it doesn't see it'll reward the important thing we get done just as easily as the unimportant thing that we do. So we want to make sure that we're creating those positive habits with our dopamine and our brain and our neurological reward system. So we're rewarding the activities that are leading us to achieve our goals. Yeah, absolutely. It's funny, actually, just before our call here, I had a service provider reach out to me, somebody I've been dealing with for years, and they just wanted to ch just check in and they're just checking in on me and seeing how I was doing and not, not salesy at all. Like it was just, Hey, you know, how's it going? And I thought that was really cool. And it's something that's probably so low priority on like any business owner's list, but so important at the same time. It's, it's, it's so seemingly unimportant, but it's so important at the same time, right? By just doing this like small little thing, you could be like, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Well, tomorrow never comes. And the value of what you get out of that, especially if you do it exponentially, right? And you're doing it day after day and you're phoning and you're checking on your customers and your clients. It's something that could, yeah, just really turn out to be a, a great thing for your business and where people are now top of mind. Well, yeah. And Ryan, that's an excellent example of one of those important but not urgent activities. That helps with client retention. It helps differentiate you from other people. It helps build a relationship. And when we know that people do business with people they know, like, and trust, which is a good relationship. Yeah. It's just one of those things I just I just found so, so interesting. Like, if you look at it, when you were mentioning the amount of time that we'll spend, you know, watching the news, especially <laughs> lately, <laughs> it's like, mm -hmm. but you're looking at, okay, I spent probably a good four or five hours watching the news. And yet you go, okay, but you don't have time to do X, Y, Z. If you would have got these little tasks done, which are very simple, your life would be that much further ahead. Yeah. My son-in-law and daughter, every so often, I don't they do it once a year, every so often, they do a no screen time. Outside of what they're doing for work, they cannot use any screens for any entertainment. And, you know, they go through that stint of deprivation because it actually resets them to a healthy level of consumption when that time is over. So it's sort of that, and that's a mechanism that works for them. They just say, you know, every so often we need to go on a hiatus and there's no screens. And then when they bring them back in, they're not spending as much time on them. It's probably in, in any organization too, if we look at it, whether you're, or, you're an organization of one or whether you're an organization of what would it be like, you know, 10 or 20 people having these skill sets in mind and, and, and working on these things would be like a leading through example mm -hmm. kind of thing mm -hmm. to, to your staff and to, to everybody else. 
Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes people are really reluctant to set goals because they worry that they won't achieve them. And then, you know, are they going to save pace or be embarrassed or whatever? Well, very rarely does a good goal and a meaningful goal is not going to have that impact. Because if you set a, a good, meaningful goal that is going to move your life forward, you're going to be motivated enough to achieve that goal. And and even if you don't, you know, absolutely hit it, you're still going to get significant leverage and significant momentum out of the activity that you've done to reach that goal. Yeah. And I've even just seen that recently with a group that we're both involved in. I mean, where maybe we didn't reach our ultimate goal, but wow, considering the year that we had, we've achieved some great, great, great things. So they were things that we didn't intend to achieve last January. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, even though the path that we were on last January, it took a bit of a detour there were still many opportunities that we were open to and took advantage of and the activity that we took on. Yes, we didn't hit the goal that we set last January. We got to 75 or 80% of that goal. Whereas I think if we'd asked people in April, they would have said, oh, we're not going to make the goal at all. It's going to be you know, 20%. <laughs> I think people would have been you know, very, very humdrum about it. But we, you know, we just said saying the goal is the goal. We didn't change the goal. We just changed our activity. We still tried to achieve that goal. Yeah, absolutely. And and again, also comes down to the minutia of, you know, certain things that we're trying to accomplish every week, each one of us. And by doing so and focusing on not the big goal, but focusing on that one activity that we should be doing that week dopamine right so it's like oh cool i got this one little thing done then it's like will propel you to to continue to do these smaller smaller tasks that ultimately will lead you to your goal yeah because the goal is always a lag indicator so the goal is always the result at the end of it but all the lead indicators are things that we can influence so that saying about there's 50 ways to leave your lover or 50 ways you know how many ways to skin a cat so your goal doesn't change it's just the strategies that you use and the activity you do may need to be changing over that time so that you can achieve the goal. Because the strategies and the activity that you thought you would do to achieve that goal change every day, every week because of you, the experiences that you have, the learning that you have. So that's going to come back in and say, oh, that worked, that didn't work. I'm either going to do more of the things that worked or I'm going to do less of the things that didn't work, or I'm going to start new things. So, you know, that constant reflection and that constant check and measure of, am I on track to achieve the goal, which is a lag indicator? And if I'm not, what are the activities or the lead indicators that I need to be paying attention to and making decisions about so that I have a better chance of achieving that goal? Yes. That's the thing. It's like, what are the things that I'm doing? What are the things that I'm not doing? And even having a little bit of a, a self audit, you know, where is my time being spent? And, you know, what am I doing? Which I would say, and I know you're not a big fan of using this word, but a coach <laughs> or having an advisor assist you in looking at these things and saying, okay, you know, you're spending your time here, or even if it's within the business, you're spending your time here. And this is something you could maybe outsource right? And then spend your time in these higher functioning activities. Yeah, I actually have an exercise that I, I go through with clients on a regular basis. And it's called the heaven or hell exercise. And it's sort of I like it. What I are, like you it. Know, and it's really looking at time and activity and what are you doing that you enjoy? Because lots of times it's the stuff we have to stop doing. 
that's getting in our way. And those things that we need to stop doing are often things that we enjoy. Even think about networking. You know, if people uh, say, well, I'm networking all the time, right? Well, let's actually have a look at all the networking organizations or groups or activities that you do. And let's look at what the intention is with each one of them. So again, what was the goal for each of those networking groups? Like why did, why are you going or what's the goal of you joining those groups? And it's surprising how many times people say, I don't know what my goal was. Like they didn't have a goal and say, well, if you didn't have a goal, like for sure, you don't know if you met it or not. So we kind of look at all the groups and we break them down by are these sales or prospecting or business development groups? Are these industry groups? So it's sort of like PD and development and you're, you're continuing the connections in your industry. Or are these social groups? And so, you know, you can have groups for all those reasons, but you need to know what the reason is that you're part of a group or part of an organization. If you're in part of a group for was a business development reason or that was the reason why you joined a group was for referral based or relation based marketing purposes and you haven't been tracking any metrics from that group or any ROI from that investment in that group then even though your intention was to use that group for business development purposes you haven't realized the goal so that doesn't mean you have to quit the group but it does mean you need to do something differently in order to start getting that ROI from the group yeah, you have to have a plan, take full advantage. And it's it's funny the, the language that I use there. And I always kind of catch myself like to take full advantage of, you know, joining a group. And it's like, it just, because it sounds like taking advantage of, right? But it's, but really that's what you want to do. You want to be able to like make it worth your time, right? And how can you, yeah, just take full advantage of this, whether you're going to a networking group or whether you're volunteering, right? How can you leverage it, I guess, is probably the better yeah, I mean, I just use getting a return on the investment because yeah. like you you invest time, you invest money, sometimes you're investing capital, you're investing in that group. You want a return. That return might just be social. And if it's just a social purpose, that's fine. Yeah. But you know that going in. But if you've got 10 groups that you're participating in and there are five of them are business development, they should be developing business. Yeah, absolutely. So with this and with like all these steps that are like again very very daunting and very very tough to like get to the bottom of or or kind of just figure out even figure out like okay what am i doing you know like i want to to hone in on this obviously i'm talking to a business advisor what are some programs that are available or what what are some things that they could start with just to to kind of get the juices flowing and kind of get in rhythm i guess well, you know, we have an ongoing program where we where we help people crush their goals. So they come into an online program, go through a few modules on your own, and then you come into a, a mastermind group format where we're supporting each other and achieving our goals. That's certainly a program that we're accepting enrollment in right now. And then, you know, these are really leadership skills. So we have an entrepreneurial leadership program that we offer th- as well. And it's, it's teaching people these kinds of goals. And so you can come on and these kinds of strategies and skills. So that's the second program that we're offering that we've got a great 2021 offer that we can extend to, uh, to your listeners as well, Ryan. Oh, nice. So it's a, a leadership course and also a, um, like kind of like a beginner's kind of like just getting started off. The Crush It in 2021 goal setting program is really just around people who know their goal and they just 
need some help and accountability of making sure that they're executing on the goal. So helping people move from good intention to activity to get it done. That's the first opportunity. The second opportunity is people that need a little bit more education. They want to learn more about leadership. They want to learn more about time management. There's more curriculum associated with that program because they want to learn more about how to, how to be more productive, how to delegate better. There's a lot more learning to do in the, in the other program. So we have a special offer for the Crush It program. We can share it with your listeners here for that they can join us for the first three months complimentary. And then if they choose to stay in the program, then they pay our regular monthly fee. So that would allow you to continue to be in the mastermind at that point. Oh, cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's a, and I like the, I like the crush it. <laughs> crush it yeah. is good. But um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, zero barrier to entry, right? Like why yeah. not? Why not just yeah. ju- jump in there and, take full advantage of it or, or leverage this to the best of your abilities because it could be just something that you need. I know that I particularly have full of ideas <laughs> and where I sometimes lack is on the execution side. Yeah, the execution side, but there's also usually a quite a gap on the planning side as well. So people are really good at writing down goals, but actually putting a, a plan in place that not only anticipates barriers, but looks at how you can mitigate barriers is rare. People often don't think about what's going to get in the way. And sometimes what's going to get in the way is their own personal belief system. Sometimes it's something like a pandemic. Sometimes it's good things. But you have to sort of be thinking about what might happen along the way so that you can be prepared for it. You've got an early alert system watching for those things that might go awry you're much more able to respond to those things so they don't bring it to your knees and having to fight to recover. You're much better, much more resilient because you're actually prepared for them. So here's something that's like an interesting thought because we've been talking so much about established business owners and exit strategy and what a lot of, you know, habits of, of some business owners. And again, a lot of it's me pointing the finger at myself, you know, when I, when I look at these things and things that I can improve on, but what, about somebody that has always had an idea, you know, kind of wanted to get the ball rolling, but not even sure where to start. Would crush it be a good thing for them to get into if they're like, okay, here's my idea. You know, I want to get rolling with it and maybe starting off with a program like crush it. Well, yeah, because we're going to start with the first goal. So the first goal that's part of, you know, how do we get the idea from an idea? Their first goal might be to actually decide if that idea is feasible. So that might be the first goal, right? Because you don't go from idea to launch. (laughs) There's there's some steps in between. Yeah. I see a lot of value in that for for people that are looking to start up their business. Or there's a lot of people I know that one in particular where I've I've approached them on kind of like doing some networking and doing some things. And they're just like, well, I'm just, I'm not even at that stage yet with my business. It's like, that's why you need to do it, right? That's why you need to, it'll help you get there. I was actually chatting with a former client the other day and I'm going to be doing some additional work for her in another capacity. And she was all apologetic about, I'm sorry, I didn't do my business. And I said, no, I'm glad that you did the work so that you knew that you didn't want to launch the business. Like, like, like actually doing the research and starting to, to get into the minutia and do that investigation. And, you know, I'm asking you to put numbers around stuff. Like when you actually have to start putting numbers around the idea you learn pretty quickly whether your idea is feasible or not. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So 
back to being at the new year. We're just over a week in here. And probably by the time this airs, this will be two weeks in. Crush It being, I think, one of the biggest things people should take advantage of. They should get involved in that. But what are some other things that they can do? Just like it's New Year, what should they be looking at? They should be looking for new opportunity. They should be looking for new relationships. They should be looking at retaining existing relationships. If they're one of the businesses that unfortunately is shut down right now, they still need to be talking to their customers. They need to be talking to their contractors or their staff. You need to be making sure you're, you're keeping those relationships intact because when you live to fight another day, those relationships will be there for you. They need to be thinking proactively. I've always liked the term be proactive rather than reactive. And I think that maybe with what we've gone through, everything we've gone through in 2020, it's kind of opened up some eyes and and how to be a little more proactive where I see a lot of small business owners and maybe even restaurants and whatnot, where we always kind of laugh at like loyalty programs and like, you know, the email lists and in this and that their regulars just always come to them. Right. But what happens when your regulars can't come to you and you're trying to do takeout or you're trying to do curbside pickup and you're trying to maybe do a delivery program and your clients don't know about this, how do you then reach out? So maybe this is a good time to kind of look and say, okay, maybe there's some systems that I want to put into place to be able to be proactive and reach out to my clients rather than relying on them reaching out to me. Oh, absolutely. And definitely we've seen a huge takeoff in technology and e-commerce because of that. A lot of the businesses need help now getting online. And that's also you know, a lot of what we do is we, is we have some really good referral partners that can help them with that, that can, you know, do their channel management, that make sure that their, their online stores are working. And that's a lot of the resistance to really embrace the online and the e-commerce part of all of this is people feeling that they don't have the competencies to do all of this. And then, of course, they're worried about being taken advantage of. And so while lots of our clients that are trying to do that, you know, we're helping them vet potential suppliers, ask, you know, interviewing them, getting good questions, the risk of them being taken advantage of from a firm that they don't understand, because it isn't often that the firm's trying to take advantage of them, they just don't understand. And so, so, so I always use the analogy about, they said, well, I don't know what kind of questions to ask a bookkeeper to know if I'm hiring a good bookkeeper or not. And I said, well, I know the questions. <laughs> so, you know, like when you're taking your kid to a daycare or babysitter, you sort of interview them to make sure there's a good fit. But people seem to have trouble doing that in the business world. Like they'll just go by a referral or a recommendation without really realizing, is that person a good fit for me? It might've been a good fit for this other business, but is this a good fit for my business? And actually knowing the kinds of questions that you need to ask so that you're validating and you're vetting suppliers of services to your business so that you're, you're not as afraid to walk into those areas where you're, where you're not competent in because of your background and your experience. You're very competent and knowledgeable in your industry, but now not necessarily in the online part of it. And so we have to help you find good experts to help you with that. And I think with every industry that you always get, there's a wide range. And yeah, it can be scary trying to pick up, you know, an accountant or perhaps, you know, another service provider or, or whatever it may be. It could be very, very scary because you're 
putting this person's business in your hands in, in some small way. Yeah, absolutely. And they're so afraid of picking the wrong supplier. They don't pick any supplier. You know, they think, well, I haven't made a decision. Well, the fact that you haven't moved forward in your business to bring your business online and embrace the new environment within which we're, we're operating, everyone is operating their business these days, is putting you very far behind. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, we are approaching the end of our interview. So how do people get a hold of Laura at ProVision Business Advisors, especially to take advantage of Crush It 2021? They can email me, laura at provisioncoaching.ca, and I'm happy to send them the link. They can uh, find us on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Of course, visit our website at www.provisioncoaching.ca. They can reach out by messenger and we'll absolutely get you signed up for Crush It 2021. I will be joining Crush It 2021 so you can join me and Laura. (laughs) (laughs) This will be really great. And thank you for doing that for people. I think it's really important and it's altruistic. I think, you know, whatever you put out there, you'll get back tenfold. And I think it's important and a really good thing that you're doing for business owners to be able to provide this service for them. Giving people a hand up checks the box for me every day. And there we go. <laughs> nice. That's it. It's part of your checklist. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Well, as always, Laura, until next time, stay epic. Thanks again for listening to Epic Phelan. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe. Give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at RealRyanPhelan. And visit my website at thecalgaryrealestateguy.com. Until next time, stay epic.